Good afternoon. I am Pastor Antonio Eubanks of Heat Ministries, where we believe in using the Word of God to heal, empower, and teach so that you may be properly equipped to help establish the kingdom of God and its principles in your families, communities, and world. If you're in the metro Atlanta area, we invite you to attend our Sunday service for a life-impacting experience. Please visit our website at heatministries.org for more information. We would love to hear from you. But for now, we pray that you enjoy this message. God bless. And, and in asking God, what happens is 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 that's a form of uh, of communication. It, it's a form of of prayer. It's a form of of talking to God, and that's all prayer really is. It, it it's a lot that you can talk about with prayer, but if you don't understand anything else about prayer, it's really just a simple communication with God. It's talking to God about your concerns, about what's going on with you. And then more importantly, allow him to talk back because how many of us don't want to be a part of a relationship where the only, the only person talking is the person talking to you, but they don't ever let you say nothing. And you call them up and they tell you all their stuff and all their problems, and then just when you're getting ready to talk about what you're going through, they I got to go. Or I got to go get the clothes out of the dryer. I got to fix my whatever. But they don't have time for you. So in in your prayer, you got you got to realize that it's a it's a two way street. You talk and you allow him to talk back. And when he talks back, it's not gonna come in a voice of I am your God and I am the Father of the Most High. No, he's just gonna talk back to you in the same way that you talk. That voice in your head that you hear that that's him. Unless it contradicts the Word of God, then that may be you or the enemy. And we'll, I'll do a teaching on that one day. But the key I'm talking about now is, is the prayer, the communication with God. And see, the enemy doesn't want you to do that. He wants prayer to be this complicated thing because he knows that if, if you feel like prayer is complicated, if you feel like that, that you don't know how to talk to God or you don't know what the right words to say, then you're like, well, I don't know how to pray like that person or I don't know how to say that. And what do I supposed to say to God? And, 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 and the enemy wants you to get in that confused and that frustrated state so that you stop praying. Because he knows that if you stop praying, then what? Communication is cut off. Communication is cut off. I, I, I got a favorite TV show that I, I like to watch. They just had the finale, 24. I don't know how many people watch 24. Jack Bow, the baddest man walking on, you know. But it's a few little different shows, different scenarios that, that he was going through and each time he was getting ready to go into battle with certain people, he had his little friend named Chloe, and she was like, Zach, you can't, you can't go in without communication support. You can't do this without communication support. He was getting ready to go into this building where there were some enemies in, and of course he wasn't going to be able to see around the corner, but she, she was able to tap into the surveillance cameras and see all the enemies. And she said, you can't go in now without communication support. 
Well, what am I saying? That's what prayer is. Enemy wants you to cut off your communication support because he don't want you to, he know you can't see around the corners of life. He know that you can't see what's coming ahead. So he tries to cut off your communication support. He tries to cut off your talking with God because he know that if you talk with God, God going to say, don't go over there. Don't talk to that person. Stay right here. Stay over there. God is your communication support and the enemy wants it cut off. And more importantly, he wants you to get frustrated with it so that you cut it off. Because, see, God is never going to cut it off. God is constantly speaking. God is constantly talking. He's never going to cut the communication off. It's like a radio signal. Right now, we're not receiving any radio signals. Amen? Why? Because we don't have a radio on. But that doesn't mean the signal is not being broadcasted. So what am I saying? Right, God is constantly speaking. God is constantly speaking in our lives, but unless we turn our radio on, which is our heart, open our heart up, and unless we raise our antenna, which is to connect our mind to the will of God, then we're not going to receive the signal of what God is trying to download. Amen? And it all starts with, the frustration part starts with the very first Step in prayer. There's three levels of prayers that we're going to talk about today, if I'm able to get through. If not, we'll finish it next week. But it's the, it's the three level of prayers. And I want you to turn your Bible to Matthew chapter 7. Matthew chapter 7. Because prayer is a very important thing. It's so important that if you read the scripture, especially the New Testament, the gospel with Christ, with the disciples... They have the word of God with them. They have God incarnate, God in the flesh, walking with them, doing things, doing miracles, performing miracles, do, healing people, you know, turning water into wine, doing all these things. But in the quiet time of that moment, there's only one time in scripture that is recorded that the disciples ask God, teach me something. Other times he's showing and demonstrating, so we have to assume that they're learning. But there's one time recorded in the scripture where the disciples say, Jesus, teach us. Jesus, teach us. Anybody know what that one thing is they asked him to teach? Teach us to pray. Teach us to pray. And that's how we get the Lord's Prayer. Because he said, well, this is how you should pray. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done, so on and so forth. But they said, teach us how to pray. Because they was watching them pray, and they was like, it's something different. It's, it's something going on. Because again, they watched them perform miracles and, and, and do all these healings. But when they was watching them pray, it, it's something that triggered them. And they was like, teach us how to do that. Because there's something powerful going on. And I believe what happened is they realized that all the miracles was a result of the prayer. Mm -hmm. You don't have to teach me how to turn water into wine 
if you teach me how to pray. Because the power of prayer will give me the instructions on how to turn the water into wine. You don't have to teach me how to heal the blind because I know that the power of prayer will help me heal the blind. Just like when Peter went into the synagogue and the man was sitting outside, he said, I don't have silver or gold, but this I have and I'll give it to you. He was already prayed up. He already knew. All I got to do is say in Jesus name and you will be healed. Yes, Lord. The power of prayer. But there's three levels to it. I said turn to Matthew chapter 7, starting at verse 7. Completion with completion. Amen. Amen. It says, ask. Ask. Or again, we got ask. 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 There is ask. Ask and it will be given to you. Ask and it will be given to you. This is prayers talking about. Ask. Ask who? God. And it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be open to you. For everyone who asks, receive. And see, when you see in scripture that things start to repeat itself, then guess what? That means that you need to get this point driven home. It's like instant replay. You missed it the first time, here it go again. Because we already saw it said, asking it will be given. Seeking you will find. Knocking it will be open to you. Verse 8, he starts it all over again. New beginning. For everyone who asks. For everyone who asks. Does that mean just the pastor? No. no. Does that mean just the, the prophet or the apostle or whoever? No. He says for everyone. That's everybody. Yeah. Everybody's included in that. For everyone who asks, receive. And he who seeks, finds. And to him who knocks, it will be open. Or what man is there among you who when his son asks for a loaf will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, he will not give him a snake, will he? If then you who are being evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your father who is in heaven give what is good to those who ask him? Amen. If we who are evil, it says, if we who don't always get it right, if we who always are operating in emotions and, and I like you today, but I don't like you tomorrow and you made me mad this time and, and I'm holding this grudge here. But if we who, who can do all that and we still can manage to give good things to our children and other people, then how much more can God give? God is not emotional. Because I always say they say God is love, but that lets you know that love is not an emotion. Love is an action. Because if love was an emotion, we'd all be destroyed right now. Because I'm sure he gets pissed off at us every other day. Come on now. Every other day. Sometimes two or three times a day. Amen? But he chooses that action to continue on. And he says, even in spite of. Even in spite of what they did yesterday or last year or last month or even what, in spite of what they're doing right this very second, I'm still going to grace them and give them blessings. How many know that God will do that? How many know that God still, no matter what, will take care of you? But that means also that you have to line up because he's not going to continually bless a mess. 
He does that initially to get your attention so that you can be convicted like God. Even though I'm doing wrong, you still blessing me. He wants you to get convicted. He wants you to line up. But he's saying right here in the scripture, he says, in the very first one, it says, ask. That's the first level of prayer. The first level of prayer is asking. Asking God. What does that mean? It means ask God. It's not complicated. Ask. He says, ask and you shall receive. See, this is this is presenting a petition. I'm going to God with, with what I need. And some people say, well, why you got to pray to God and ask God for something? He, God, he know everything. He know all things already. Yes, he does. But he wants you to have the faith to ask him for what he's going to give you. It says that ask and you shall receive. It shows what asking does is it shows our continuous need for God's help. Our continuous process of, of asking, it shows that we need God. See, when you ask God for something, that's showing, that's showing God that, that I need you, God. Yeah, God, I know that you know that my bills are due. God, I know that you know that my family is not restored like it's supposed to be. God, I know that you know that I got some trouble going on. I know that you know that I, I got some sickness in my body, but I'm asking you anyway because I need you. See, we only ask for what we need, or that's what we should do. Mm-hmm. See, most of us, there's a saying, they say you'll, 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 you'll pay for what you want and then beg for what you need. And, and, and I think we get that same thing applied to in praying. You know, we'll pray all day for what we want. Lord, bless me with a new job. Bless me with a house. Bless me with a car. Bless me with all this. Give me, give me, give me, give me, give me, give me. We'll pray for what we want, but we never ask for what we need. God, I need you to, to break inside of me that thing that is not like you. God, I need you to humble me down so that I can receive. Because your word says that those who humble themselves, then shall be exalted. God, I need you to line me up properly. God, I need you to remove things that are not like you from my life. See, we'll pray for what we want, but we won't pray for what we need. And that's the first level of prayer. But see, some people find it difficult to ask for something. Some people are too independent. I don't want to ask nobody for nothing. I ain't. I'm, I'm, I do this all by myself. I got it going on. And we take that same philosophy and apply it to God. I don't need to ask nobody for nothing. I ain't never asked nobody for nothing. I done done it all myself. I've been on my own since I was 14. My mom didn't even do nothing for me. Even though I was living in her house and you no water and her lights and her gas. But she ain't never do nothing for me. And we grow up with that, and then we find it difficult because we're too proud and too self-sufficient to even ask God for anything. But it's the first level of prayer. If you can't humble yourself, see, that's why it takes humility to ask. Because what does asking do? It means that you are lacking something. In order for you to ask, that means that you're lacking. If you ask somebody for money, guess what? You lacking money. If you ask somebody to stay, you lacking a place to stay. If you ask somebody to take you somewhere, you lacking a car. Yes. So asking sets up humility. And that's why a lot of us will do without before we ask. Mm-hmm. 
And that's what happens. We'll do without the power of God before we ask because we don't want nobody to know that we don't already have the power. We want to look like the power. We want to talk like the power. We'll scripture quote like we got the power, but we deny the power because we won't ask for the power. Because asking means that you're lacking. That takes humility. It's the first level of prayer. But here's the thing. If you don't start at that first level, if you don't ask, then guess what? That's our role is to ask. And if you don't ask, if you don't humble yourself to ask, that means you getting down and you humbling yourself to ask, what is that doing? It's not that you're a beggar, it's that you put yourself in the right position to receive. You raising your antenna so that the signal that's already being broadcast, now you can receive. You putting yourself in the right position and you putting God in the position because our position is to ask. His position is to give. How can he give if you don't ask? You making God not be who he is because you want to sell who you are. We have to ask. That's who we are. That's who we are. He set it up that way for us to need him. Yes, everything was created in, in existence for us to have dominion and authority, as he said in Genesis. But the thing is, we have to ask for the instructions on how to deal and handle with it. We got to know God's will. And see, that's what a lot of times keeps us from asking. Because to ask means you already know God's will. Catch that. To ask means you already know God's will. You don't ask something that you don't expect to not receive. Say, here, here's what I'm saying. How many of y'all, if you, if you need some money, you're going to go ask a broke person? Because <laughs> you don't expect to receive nothing from them. They, be, they just as broke as you always are. So why you go? That, that's the word right there. Somebody, because you usually gonna be like who you hang around. But uh -oh. moving forward, you don't go and ask broke people for money because you like they broke all. You go and ask where you think you gonna be able to get the money from. Amen. You go and ask where you expect to receive something from. That means that you know the will. You know. The will of that person, so to speak. I, you you might be counting eight dollars, so you might be making a big assumption. But at the same time, you like, I got a better chance over here than I do over here. You see what I'm saying? So that's the same thing. Same thing with God. We ask God because we know His will. See, if you're not asking God for things that you need, then it may be that you don't fully know His will. You don't fully know His will. See, we gotta. Pray knowing that we're going to receive. Pray in confidence that we're going to receive. You know, the, and, and you can do it. Trust me, it's something that we all can do. You know why? Because if you sit in here, how many, how many Christians are sitting in here? Y'all scared to raise your hand? How many Christians sitting in here? Amen? And how did you become a Christian? You, you accepted Christ, right? But even though it's not in a form of a question, it's you asking God because we admit that he's our Lord and Savior and we confess that he, he rose from the dead and was resurrected and, 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 then, and then we, and we receive Christ. But it's a form of asking because 
we do it in confidence based off the will of God. Because in the will of God in John 3.16 says what? For God so loved the world that those who, who, that he gave his only begotten son, why? For those that believe shall have eternal life and not perish. Well, believing is a form of asking. And the receiving is that eternal life. So knowing God's will allows us to receive things. So now you're saying, well, I know the scripture says right there, ask and you shall receive. And then in verse 8 it says, for everyone who asks, they shall receive. But now here's somebody saying, well, I asked God for something and I didn't receive it. I asked God for something and I didn't get it. Well, here it is right here. Turn to James chapter 4. Turn to James chapter 4 and we're going we gonna to see how, how this happens. James chapter 4, right after Hebrews, right before 1 Peter. James chapter 4. And it says, I'm going to start at, um, let's see, we got verse 1, James chapter 4, verse 1. And it says, what is the source of quarrels and conflicts among you? Is not the source your pleasures that wage war in your members? What is he saying right there, that waging war in your members, meaning that you, you, you got war going on in your mind. You got you got issues and, and, and problems going on. And then he says in verse 2, you lust and do not have. That means you want stuff. You want it all. You want everything. Because lust is not always sexual. Lust is lust of the eye. Everything you see, you want. That's the reason why some people money funny. Because everything they see, they want. And they go into debt to get it. So they, you lust and you still don't have it all. So you commit murder. And what does that mean? It means committing murder to your, to your soul and to your, to your spirit because you keep running after things, trying to obtain them, but you never get them. So you disconnect from God in the process. And then he says, you are envious and cannot obtain. That's called keeping up with the Joneses. They got that. I want that. But you can't never obtain it because you don't really know how they got it. And more importantly, you don't know what they're doing to keep it. You're envious and cannot obtain. So you fight and quarrel. You do not have because you do not what ask. He's saying you don't have all this stuff because you don't ask for it. You don't, you don't ask for it. You going about it at the wrong method. You being envious, but you won't ask God. Then like that song, the Mary Mary uh, song, when they say, you know, you don't know how I got it. You know, the, the praying that I'm doing and all the stuff that I'm doing. You don't know how people really connect and get what they got. Instead, he says that you're envious or, or you lust for it. But that's not the way to get it. He says you have it because you don't ask. Then in verse 3, he says you ask. And do not receive. So then we get we get the connection. We say, well, they just asking God for these things. This person prayed and they asked God and boom, it showed up. So then we say, well, I'm going to try that same thing. I'm going to ask. But then it says in verse 3, you ask, but you don't receive. So you, then you're like, well, what happened? God must not love me. Or God must not want me to have it. Or it's not my season yet. You know, we start coming up with all these excuses and, and, you know, or the, the word was wrong, you know, that I received or, or whatever the case may be. But he tells us why we don't receive right here. He says, why 
you ask and do not receive because you ask with the wrong motives so that you may spend it on your pleasures. You ask with the wrong motives. See, if people love to say, God know my heart. Yeah, he do. And that's why you ain't got what you asking for. Because he know that if he gave it to you, then you would destroy yourself. I always knew when I was out there doing what I was doing and acting a fool in the world. And I used to always be like, God, I know I got them talents to make all this money and do all this stuff. I'm like, why Why can't I obtain all this success and all that? He said, because if I give it to you right now, you'll kill yourself because you're a fool. And it's that simple. That's why I say it's a fool in his money, a soon party. He's like, you'll smoke yourself to death. You'll sex yourself to death. You, 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 you won't even be able to have it long. God says, I don't want you auditioning blessings. I want you to hold on to it. It ain't good just to receive something. I want you to hold on to that thing. I want you to maintain that thing. Cause I'm not only giving it to you just for you, but I'm giving it to you so that others may receive from you as well. But he says, you have the wrong motives. You have the wrong motives. So when you're asking God for things, ask God, what is, what is my motive behind this? So we got to line, that's that lining up again. What, what is the motive? What is, it, it's got to line up with the word of God. That's what he's saying. He says, those who ask shall receive. But, but it's got to line up with the word of God. Because remember, asking is asking something that according, because you already know his will. Mm -hmm. That's how you ask. Again, that money. You go to that person who you know is not broke. Because the person who broke can't give you nothing. But you go to the person who got the money because you expect them to be able to give you something. So that's the same with God. We expect him to be able to give us something. But we got to line up with his will. It can't be something that we ask him for that's not in his will. What is his will? It's in the word of God. It's in the word of God. It is the word of God. That is his will. So when we ask, we shall receive. But he says that you got to do it with the right motive. Then I like verse 4 because he says, you adulteress. Do you not know that the friendship with the world is hostility towards God? He's calling, he calling you an adulteress. And we all know what adultery is. I mean, you're married and you're out there cheating on you woman. And sometimes it ain't even have to be a physical thing. It can be mental. Amen? Amen. So he's saying right here, you asking, but you're an adulterer. You asking, but you're not committed. See, that's the key word right there. He's saying, you asking me for something, you trying to receive from me, but you're not committed. Your motives are wrong. Because if you were committed, your motives would be right. You involved with me, but you're not committed to me. See, I'm only going to give to the ones that are committed, the ones who got the ring on. I'm not going to give to the involved person, because you might be involved today, get what you want, and be gone tomorrow. You're not going to treat me like some hole on the street. You're going to treat me like the husband that I'm supposed to be. You, you're going to come to me asking me for something, then you got to stay here and deal with everything. Yes. Right. 
You can't be a fair weather friend, only come to me when my hand is out giving you something. You got to stay with me even when I'm not giving you anything. That's what God is saying. You got to stay with me even when you can't hear me talking to you. Because you got to trust that I'm with you regardless. You got to stay with me even in the tribulation. When you going through some things, when people treating you wrong, when people dogging you out, when your jaws acting a fool, when your mom and family them acting a fool, you still got to stay committed. Amen. Don't be adulterous. See, it's so easy to cheat when things look good. Everything that glitter is not gold. Amen. Amen. And we'll get it so confused and twisted that we'll be like, that's a blessing from God. I heard that. That little, you know, we so in a hurry for the promise. We so in a hurry to receive that we are willing to accept the Ishmael when God is trying to give us an Isaac. We so in a hurry to receive our blessing. I asked for it. I want it now. I asked for it. I need it now. We want to microwave that thing. We want to put it in now. Push the button for thirty seconds, and we want it to come out. God says, "I am not a microwave. I'm a crock pot. You're gonna put me in in the morning, and you're gonna have to go on, go to work, do your." thing, take care of your business, come back home. I still might have to be on a little while longer, but when you finally sit down to enjoy, you go enjoy. Well, how many know a crock pot meal tastes better than a microwave meal? Stop being adulterous with God. Stop hoeing around on God. Stop pouring around on God. He says, do you not know that the friendship with the world is hostility with God? Now, let's not take that out of context because we're saying hostility with God it comes through the friendship of the world. So a lot of Christians be like, well, I, you know, I can't associate with the world. You know, I can't do that. I can't, you know, they having a birthday party. And it might be some alcohol there. So I, I can't go around that. That's not what he's talking about right there. Yeah, they have a party and they got some alcohol. The only reason you might need to stay away from that party because you used to be a drunk. <laughs> if you used to be a drunk, then yeah, you might not need to go to the party where the alcohol is. Amen. Amen. But he's not talking about being away from the world in that standpoint because guess what? How can they see the light? How can the world who's in the darkness see the light if you're never around them? See, when the churches and people who teach that kind of stuff, like separate yourself from the world and, and get away from them people and stop being around them people, how can, how can they see the light of God through you if you're not around them? But what he's, what he's warning against is the mindset. The mindset. See, when I was smoking weed and I finally decided to stop smoking, I knew that it was, it was, I, I went and told him, I went and told my best friend, I said, I'm not going to make a beer around you for a little while. Because I know if I come around you, it ain't even that you got to pressure me to do it. It's just going to be around. And that's what we used to do together. And that's what I'm going to still want to do. Because it's still in me. It's still in me. You can only be tempted by what's in you. Amen. If that adultery is in you, then you can be tempted by the things that are going to make you commit adultery. And that friendship with the world. He's not talking about stay away from the world. He's saying renew your mind so that those things are not in you anymore. That's what a hostility, and, I, and he says hostility. How many want God to be hostile towards you? Hostile means he ready to come in and kick butt. He, read, he like, I don't even want to deal with you. Hostility is not an easy word. 
And this is in the New Testament. <laughs> where people say, you know, it's grace and God is this, oh, God loves you. No matter what you do, God loves you. And he No. This is the word of God. This is James chapter 4. This is well into the New Testament. He says, friendship with the world is hostility towards God. He says, therefore, whoever wishes to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. In case you didn't get it the first time, he said, okay, you don't understand I'm hostile towards you for being friends with the world. Then here it is again. Whoever wishes to be friends with the world makes himself an enemy of God. And see, that's the thing. We want to we wanna dibble it down. That's what he's really talking about. He's talking about those lukewarm folks, these carnal Christians. You know, you, you, you want to believe the scripture when it's talking about your healing or it's talking about your finances. Oh, but you don't want to talk about the scripture when it's saying stop drinking and stop smoking and stop whoring around. See, you want to be able to whore around, but then you want to be able to get blessed over here with the house. You want to hoe in your house. Amen. I want to I ask, there ain't no kids in here, so I'm going to let it all out. I want to ask, and I want to receive, but I want to ask for what I want, and I want to ask for what I need. I, I want the house, but I need to stop going around. I need God to take that whore up out of me. Because everywhere I go, I see another hoe and I'm going to join in with them and we're going to be whole together and we're going to adulter, we be adulterous to God. Amen. And he says, if you, you keep wishing, and that's the thing, whoever wishes, so it's in you. Because he's saying, you're wishing for it. I, I, I need to find it. I used to wish for the weed. I'm like, I, I need to find it. Where is it? Ooh, let me call this connect. Oh, you ain't got none. Do, 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 do. Well, you got some. See, looking for it. Horn around. So you're going to hold with something. It ain't just sexual. Meaning you're going to give yourself away to something. You're going to sell yourself out to something. You're going to prostitute yourself out to something. Some people's going to be sex. Some people's going to be drugs. Some people's going to be money. Some people's going to be your Job. Some people is going to be your family members that's trying to separate you from God. Come on now. But God says you are enemy. So if you are enemy to God, then how can you ask him for something? How can you ask your enemy for anything? I know he's saying you know, he'll make the enemy your footstool and all that kind of stuff, but he's talking about your enemy is down here. When God becomes your enemy, I, I think at that point, you know, all deals are off. Ain't no negotiating. Ain't no, cause, cause, I, exactly. After a while, if you keep on hoeing around and adulting around, he's gonna say, I gave you a chance. He'll, he, he'll give you, don't get me wrong, he'll bring you back in. That's what all the book of Hosea is about. I, I, I'll let you come back in. I got the ring. I'll commit back to you if you commit back to me. But after a while, if you keep on doing it, it's just like in the natural. Somebody keep on and keep on and keep on and keep on and keep on. You saying, you know what? They wish to be like that. That's what they want to be. So now I got to turn them over to a reprobate mind. What does that mean? God turns yourself over to yourself. He says, you want it, then here. You want it, here it go. Have it. I'm through. My hands are off. You, I can't give you instructions, so I'm not even going to send instructions. And he says, you are enemy of God. Then in verse 5, he says, or do you think that the scripture speaks to no purpose? Do you think that the scripture speaks to no purpose? He jealously 
desires the spirit which he has made to dwell in us. See, it says he desires the spirit that he made to dwell in us. He gave us the Holy Spirit, and that's what gives us the instructions to know God's will so that it lines us up to know what to ask for. Again, asking for what we need. Because if we can get what we need, how many know the wants is going to take care of themselves? God says that if the birds, if the birds eat and the flowers got clothes, and I'm paraphrasing, but he says if all that's taken care of, they don't work, they don't go around and shop and buy stuff. If, if I can take care of all that, why can't I take care of you? I'm not concerned about your wants. Wants ain't got nothing to do. That's material stuff. You know, they build houses every other day. You lose one, you can get another. You lose a car, you can get another. You lose a job, you can get another. I told my job, I came here looking for a job. That's how I got the job. That's the only way you get a job because you're looking for one. So when you lose one, you go find another one. Amen? God ain't concerned about your wants. He's concerned about what you need. And he knows what you need. He knows that you need to stop being adulterous. He knows that you need to stop being an enemy to him. He knows that you need to be committed. He knows that you need to recognize the spirit that's within him. As it says, he jealously desires the spirit which he may dwell inside of us. And what, what, what is he saying right there? He desires the spirit that dwells in us. So the, the spirit is there in us. He, he's saying it's there. The, the, the instructions you need is there. Everything you need is already there. He says, but he desires it. He jealously desires it. Why would he desire something that's already there? Because we got it hidden. We got it kept away from him. We got it tucked away from him. And more importantly, we using it with somebody else. We taking the gifts that God has given us, the talents that God has given us, and instead of using it for him, we use it for everything else. We use it for the wrong motives. We use it for all. And he's saying, I'm jealously desiring that you use your gifts that I've given you for me and my glory. He says, because once you do that, once you take care of his house and his business, then of course, now he takes care of Amen. yours. Amen. That's how it says, ask and you shall receive. Ask and you shall receive. And then it says right here in verse 6, but he gives a greater grace. A greater grace. He gives a greater grace. See, so even if you ain't in the right place, he'll give you the grace to get you to line up. It says, therefore, it says, God is opposed to the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Opposed to the proud. What did I say asking takes? Humility. Asking takes humility. You got to be able to humble yourself down and say, God, I need you like never before. I need you like I never thought that I need you. Matter of fact, I need you more than I even can contemplate and phantom in my finite mind how much I need you. I'm presenting a petition to you, God, to say, God, I need you in my life. I'm right here at this first level of, of prayer saying, God, I need you. I'm not even worried about all the other stuff right now. I just need you to do something in me so that all the stuff that is not of you is taken out of me. Because how many know that you can only be attracted and tempted by what's in you? Yes. If it ain't in you, you can't be tempted by it. Amen. 
Cocaine wasn't in me. I don't care how much of it I was around. It, it wasn't in me. But you bring a sack around and we smoke until the cows come home. Amen? Amen. Women was in me. Amen? Any skirt that passed by. I'm trying to scheme and scam to see how. Well, not any because I like quality. I wasn't in the quantity. But amen, I digress. <laughs> Ask for what we need to pull up out of us. Amen? amen. Because God really wants to, to do a work in us. And he says... Right here, this is how you this is how you get into this is how you get into position. He says in verse seven, I'm still James four, verse seven. He says, "Submit, ooh Lord, a cuss word. Mm, 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 submit, therefore to God. Resist the devil, and he'll flee to you. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify." Your hearts, you double-minded. Mm -hmm. Double-minded meaning you, you, you ask for one time and then you worry in the next. If you're going to ask in prayer and then pick up the phone and worry with your girlfriend or your, or your shoot or your boy, whatever. If you're going to pray and worry, those two can't coexist. Do one or the other. Mm -hmm. Don't be double-minded. Don't straddle the fence. If you're going to worry, stay over there and worry. I'm not advising you to worry because that's against the word of God. But if that's what you call you say be anxious for nothing. But if that's what you're going to do, do that. Because you can't combine that with prayer. Because then you're going to say, my prayers ain't being answered. And you're going to go tell that to somebody else. And the message is going to get twisted. So then you're going to have somebody else believing that prayers don't get answered. And now you just cause your brother to stumble. Because you didn't have it right. So if you're going to do one, do the other. Do one or the other. Don't try to do both. He said, cleanse your hands. That means you dirty. You got your hands in some things. You've been trying to manipulate, manipulate and handle some things on your own. He said, take your hands off of it. Ask me. Submit to me. He says, you're a sinner. You got it wrong. Sin. S-I-N. Separation is now. He said, you've been separated from me. Now you're trying to purify your heart. Because if you purify your heart and you get the heart of God, then guess what happens? What we read in the very beginning in this verse, because you ask with the wrong motives. If your heart is purified, guess what? Now your motives become purified. Remember, I said God said, "We like to say God know my heart." Yeah, He does, and that's why you don't have what you ask for, because He know your heart. He says, "Submit." Submit. And now, of course, I'm not going to get to the other two versions, uh, two, two layers today. We're going we gonna to keep digging. Because he want, I guess he just wanted me to dig all the way down on this ass thing. Because how many know you got to build a foundation, right? And asking is the foundation. It's to submit. And that's why I like in James 4 and 7, he says, submit, therefore, to God. Submit. How many know what submission really is? A lot of us think it's a dirty word because it, it, you, we think that it makes us a slave or a servant. But see, that means you don't know the word of God because the word of God says that we that, 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 that we were once slaves, but now we become sons. There's a difference between a slave and a son. A slave has no no authority. Slave has no rights. Uh, a son a son has has rights. See, in the house of God, in the Jewish household in history, if you was if you was a if you was a child, a child was equal to a slave. 
That's why, you know, people say, I'm a child of God. Well, when you going to become a son? Because you're a child and a slave in a Jewish household, there's some numbers. When the father died, everything that was left over, if, if it was if it was no son in the house, it was only children, children and slaves split everything. But once you became of age and maturity, you became a son, everything goes to the first son. What am I saying in all that? That means that we want to become sons of God. And there's no gender in that. If you're a woman, yes, a son of God. Because that means now we have access to all that the Father has. All that the Father has. But it starts right here in this word. Submit. Submit, therefore, to God. How do you submit? What is submit? It's not being a slave. Submission. Submission. You know what that is? Two words. Submission. Sub is a prefix Latin word that means what? Under or below. Mission is what? A purpose or a plan or a course of action. It's a mission. I mean, I used to be like, I'm on a mission. But I was on a mission to get that green. I'm on a mission. Submission means come under the plan. Come under the purpose. Come under the strategy. Come under the instruction. That's all submission really is. Even for wives, when it says submit to your husband, that means come under the mission that God has given him. You submit as he has submitted to God. Because guess what? If he, if he submitted to God, then guess what? That means that he has the mission from God. So you're not really submitting to the man. You're submitting to the man that's connected to God. Sub. Mission, And then once you do that, God pours into you and now you're able to come boldly before the throne of God and ask him for what you need and then even transfer to the level of asking for what you want. Because what? You know his will. Turn lastly right here. I'm closing with this because I want to show you this in action. Because asking, knowing the will of God. We got to know the will of God in order to ask. But we do all that by what? Submitting to him. Turn to uh, Numbers chapter 27. Real quickly because I'm closing right here. Numbers chapter 27. Numbers chapter 27. I hope we, I hope we learning something with this today that you can, that you can apply and re rearrange and, and connect to, to, to your life so that we can move forward in our prayer life. Because that's the key. Remember the disciples, that's what they asked. Teach us how to pray. Teach us how to pray. And he said this, asking you shall receive, seeking you shall find, and knocking the door shall be open. He said all that after he said the Lord's Prayer. He said, they said, teach us how to pray. He gave the Lord's Prayer, and then he said, ask, and you shall receive. But in Numbers 27, verse 1, it says, Then the daughters of Zephlehad, the son of Hepher, the son of Gilead, the son of Micah, the son of Manasseh, of the families of Manasseh, the son of Joseph, don't worry about all them names, came near, and these are the names of his daughters, Malanoi and Hagla, and, and Milka and Terzah. Verse 2 is the main thing. They stood before Moses and before Elzar the priest and before the leaders and all the congregation at the doorway of the tent of meeting, saying, Our father died in the wilderness. Remember what I was talking about when the daddy died? That goes to all the sons? 
Our father died in the wilderness, yet he was not among the company of those who gathered themselves together against the Lord. Key. Our daddy wasn't against God. He wasn't the enemy of God. This, he, they lined some things up here. This, look at this as a court of law. they saying, first, our daddy did. He didn't put himself against God. Then it says, but he died in his own sin, and he had no sons. Verse 4, why should the name of our father be withdrawn from among his family because he had no son? Give us a possession among our father's brothers. So Moses brought their case before the Lord. Verse 6, then the Lord spoke to Moses saying, the daughters of Zephalahad are right in their statement. You shall surely give them a hereditary possession among their father's brothers, and you shall transfer the inheritance of their father to them. Then I like verse 8. Further, you shall speak to the sons of Israel, saying, If a man dies and has no son, then you shall transfer his inheritance to his daughter. Amen. 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 Real quick, what all happened right there, long story short, when Jewish custom, when the daddy died, the sons got it. it. Wasn't no sons, it went somewhere else. These daughters go before Moses and be like, look, why, why our daddy money can't come to us? That's called asking. First, that takes humility because they got to go before these men and say, give me my daddy money. Like Martin said, give me my daddy revenue. But give, give, me, give me my daddy's money. And Moses said, I've got to take this before God because this ain't never happened before. I don't know what to do. And God says, you know what? They right. Give it, give it to them. They belong. Cause they, and then I like it because in verse 8, he sets a whole new precedent. He says, you know what? Because of what they did, because of they submitted themselves, because they humbled themselves, because they came to me in, in, in submission and asking me for what they need, they will receive what they asked for. And not only will they receive what they asked for, but now they are setting up a legacy to receive what they asked for. And that's what God is saying today. Once you get yourself in that right line, once you get yourself submitted for them, and you're able to ask in humility and learn to connect with that receiving, he said, now you're setting yourself up for your legacy to do the same. Your legacy to do the same. Amen. You setting up your legacy to do the same. It says the daughters shall receive. The daughters shall receive. We got to understand today that no matter what God has for us, no matter what God wants for us, no matter what God needs from us, the only way to connect to him is to ask him. Ask him. But we want to ask what? With the right motive. We want to ask with the right motive. Because how many know that the prayers, it says in the song, that the prayers of the righteous, what? Availeth much. But it's the prayers of who? The righteous. The righteous. If your prayers ain't availing, that means you might need to get what? Right. And that's okay. That's okay if you need to get right. Because guess what? We always not right. Sometimes we right, sometimes we wrong. Sometimes we in the will of God, sometimes we out the will of God. It's a constant correction. 
It's a constant thing. That's why I say ask. Ask is a present tense word. Ask. You got to keep on, but keep lining yourself up. Keep getting right back in position. It's a constant. You can't always assume that you're in the right position. Paul said in, in Corinthians, he said, examine yourself. Check yourself. Before you check everybody else, even before you check God, God, you didn't give me all this. No, God, going, you gonna tell you, look in the mirror, look in the mirror. How can you receive if your hands already full of mess? If your hands is full of junk, I can't give it to you anyway, cause your hands full. Drop some of that stuff. Drop that person. Drop that man. Drop that job. Drop that car. Drop. Drop what I'm telling you to drop. You can't receive nothing if your hands gripping on to the mess like handlebars. And then you wonder why you riding up and down because you won't let go.